This is the University of Northern Colorado Bears Coaches Show. Live at the Goat Sports Bar on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here's Blake Olson and Matt Gator. And good evening on this Tuesday in October. We're getting ready for week seven of college football in Greeley in northern Colorado as the UNC Bears get ready to take on Sacramento State in the third week of Big Sky Conference football here at Nottingham Field. We want you to come out and enjoy the game and all the festivities coming up this weekend on the campus of the University of Northern Colorado. I am Blake Olson along with Matt Gator and the head coach of your UNC Bears, Ed Lamb, is here. And coach, good to see you. First of all, how are you doing? Thanks, Blake. Doing great. Yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to this week. We got a, a whole week uh, last week on the bye week to get a jump on Sacramento State. Took full advantage of it. Had really a regular a regular week of preparation, and really looking forward to getting back out on the field. Um, obviously, after a loss like you suffered uh, two we- oh, a week and a half ago, that's difficult for players, coaches, everyone involved in the program. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing you want to do is get back into action yeah. and play a football game and get the bad taste out of your mouth. How difficult was that a day, two days after that? loss uh, yeah incredibly difficult I, you know the, the the thing about it is too like you know we, let's not ignore the, uh, the the losses have stacked up now and that's part of it you know mm-hmm. the disappointment of not being able to get uh, th- over the hump and then to feel snake bit in a game that you know for for 50 55 minutes felt like that we should have won felt like that we earned the right to to win that game so Really frustrating to not be able to pull that off in, in the end. Um, you know, I, I stood in front of the team the very next day, as we do, and uh, you know, in, in our meeting right after the game, the, the very next day, I told them that you know all the things that I wish that uh, you know I'd have had a second shot at, or things that I've second guessed myself on, um, and you know, asked them to just do the same, like dig deep, figure out where you could have been better, figure out where we could have been better, and really just keep chasing this thing. The good news is it's clear to me, clear to the team, that we're getting better every week. We're getting more competitive. And, you know, like, like I told them a couple weeks ago, I don't, I don't know how long the, the dang book is, but I, I know the end of the story. We're, <laughs> we're headed in the right direction. So, Coach, we were talking a little bit before the broadcast, and you mentioned that it almost felt like things were ramping up for you guys, at least on the coaching staff. Is that kind of how it feels during a bye week as players get some more time off, rest their bodies, get back – get back healthy but for coaches kind of things pick up and start doing more study and getting more preparation you know there's so many variables to consider when the making the bi-week schedule and i really geek out on scheduling i mean there's there's the there's the weight programming there's the nutrition side there's uh the matter of you know getting the boys up early in the morning to try to keep them out off the street on the weekends you know there's just there's a lot of considerations and then and then maybe the biggest one where are we at as a team and what do we need and there's no there's no book. There's no correct answer. Every team's a little bit different. I felt like we needed a regular week of preparation. I felt like we needed two weeks of preparation to try to close the gap on a, on a very good Sacramento State team. I don't know what they did. I don't spend time trying to figure out what they did. But I can tell you that in the past, I, you know, when, it, when a team's really rolling, I've given them seven straight days off, and that's mm-hmm. worked out well. And I considered that 
but I just don't feel like that we're there uh, as a team, as a coaching staff. We're still learning who we are, and we're still trying to get better every day, and we need those days more than we need the rest. You mentioned uh, before we sat down here to chat this evening that you had an opportunity to spend some quality time on the golf course uh, with your <laughs> yeah. quarterback. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I, I've got. So that I was telling Sir, I have not golfed <laughs> since uh, uh, in season since 2009. Wow. And it's been a superstitious thing because I, I had a, the, the university I was working at, we had a huge win in the middle of the season, and the president was having his fundraiser golf tournament, and he convinced me, <laughs> hey, can you just come out and, and play nine holes? And, and, and anyways, we came off of a huge win. We had taken Southern Utah down and beat UNLV by 30-something points, and, and uh, the very next week we come back home and lose to North Dakota. And I felt like I had oh. not prepared well. So – but Serm said to me, and so I, I just given up on golfing during the season, but Serm said to me, uh, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Can, can we get out? You know, can we, can we go play? We had played back earlier in the spring, and uh, I said, you know what? On Monday, we're not, you know, that, that's typically the player day off, and it was again this week. We got them mm-hmm. back on their regular schedule. We had done all of our game planning. We've even looked ahead at future opponents. I said, I've got the time to do that. It would be good to spend some time with you. And he's coming wow. off of a tough game. And uh, he took a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. And so we had a great time. It was very relaxing. I enjoyed it a lot. And so. he beat me by six strokes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> so since we're talking about golf, can I stay a little bit off topic? I'm just looking around. A lot of sports being shown right now. MLB playoffs, NHL season starting today. Got some basketball preseason going on. What is your favorite sport to watch outside of football? Oh, wow. Yeah, what a, what a great question. Uh, you know, I, I like international soccer. I think, okay. is it, yeah, outside of football, I like I like certain golf tournaments. I get into them. You know, depending on kind of who's in the running. Yeah. Probably, yeah, the excitement of a of a of a World Cup or a major a major event, major tournament uh, at the international level. Coach, the golf course to me is the greatest place i don't play golf anymore i mean because i'm i'm so bad and once we started having kids i was i can't afford this and it takes too much time it's time consuming but despite that when you get on the golf course there is there are very few better places where you can really focus and have a good conversation and kind of fellowship if you will i would imagine that was pretty uh that was a pretty good conversation for you and, and, and uh, the quarterback, Jacob Sermon, because you're trying to do whatever you can to help him further his career and play at the next level. Yeah. He wants to win football games. This is a team sport, but I can't imagine a better place for a head coach and a quarterback uh, to spend four hours. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you see it that way. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have seen it. Like I said, I wouldn't have thought of it if he didn't ask me. And then mm-hmm. it just seemed like the perfect thing with the, with the game he was coming off where he took a lot of responsibility, not, not always <laughs> three interceptions late. Uh, and, you know, one of them was a complete breakdown in protection. Another one was the wrong route. You know, like he, he, the quarterback and the, and the head coach are always going to take way too much blame when things are going yeah. bad and, and get way too much credit when things are going good. And so yeah. it's two guys that understand that. And they're at a difficult time, uh, you know, in the season. And yet it was a time to get out and really, you know, relax. Normally when I'm out golfing, I feel like it's a, it, it, there's a little bit of, no matter how much I'm enjoying it and the company, I always feel like, ah, this is four hours, you know. This <laughs> right. Is, this, is a, this is a big, a big uh, you know, a dent in whatever else I got going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed every minute of it and That's really awesome. felt like I was doing the right thing for myself, 
Serm, the team, my family. Yeah. You know, we we all we we needed that we needed that time together, and I really enjoyed it. So you mentioned the three interceptions that he had. Obviously, yeah, very tough at the end of the game. Not all of those his fault, yeah. but the quarterback always going to take too much blame. The offense looked really good though that first half, especially that first quarter. Three straight drives, long touchdown drives. I think it was 75, 78, and 93 yards, yeah. if I remember off the top of my head. What kind of happened in that second half that it just seemed like they were stalling? They put together some good drives, but then just couldn't finish. Well, the first thing was we, we allowed them to gang up in our run game and stop our run game, and we didn't have much of an answer for it. We couldn't couldn't insist on that run game in the in the third quarter. You know, t- the book says in that situation in the fourth quarter we had a two score lead. Uh, you know, with about I think it was eleven minutes left or nine minutes left, and we had the ball. And, and the, the book, you know, the analytics would say at that point you, you really start running the ball. But we in the second half we rushed the ball seven times for eleven yards. And the reason we'd only rushed it seven times, it's not like we were passing the ball. We went three and out every single drive in the second half. The one drive we didn't go three and out, we threw the ball eight straight times, got down the field, got in scoring position, and then I had the, the decision whether to try a 49-yard field goal or, or a fourth-and-five conversion, and, and the fourth-and-five conversion didn't work out. So another one where I've got to tell the team, hey, I would like to see what happens if we give Hunter the chance there to split the uprights and, and make it a three-score game. Uh, I, I won't get to do that, you know, and, and I take I take that responsibility. But the but the uh, the reality was is that, that you know number one, uh, Weaver started to put more guys in the box, and we had a hard time making them pay uh, consistently in the pass game, and we really couldn't insist on the run game in the way that I would like to. You know, I don't I, we don't need we don't need six seven yards a pop in those situations. We need three and four yards, and it won't always work out in a first down. But uh, you know, we'll get close enough and make a few first downs wins that game coming home. That's UNC Bears head football coach, Ed Lamb. We're at the GOAT once again. We're here uh, every Tuesday night from 6.30 to 7.30 in West Greeley. Matt Gator and myself as we get you ready for each week's game coming up on 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. We've got Sacramento State coming up this Saturday. And when we return on the UNC Coaches Show, we will talk about that game Coming up here at home, we want to see you out there. Make plenty of noise and get these Bears going so they can win their first game of the season under new head coach Ed Lamp. Stay with us. We'll come back with Coach and Kyle Helbig. will be on later, the great tight end from Broomfield, Colorado, Holy Family High School. We're going to get Kyle on here after Coach is finished. Come back. We'll have more on 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. back at the GOAT and the UNC Coaches Show here in West Greeley. Thanks a lot for tuning in to 103.1 and 1310 KFK. We're here with head coach Ed Lamb and Matt Gator, the color analyst, is here as well. Kyle Helbig, one of the tight ends for the UNC Bears, will be on uh, coming up. Coach, this is a difficult situation for not only college football coaches, but coaches at any level, you, you know, you worry about uh, development of teams, but, and you try not to worry about the outcome, but everyone else looks at the outcome. <laughs> That's a psychological battle. That's psychological warfare, isn't mm-hmm. it? Especially when you look at the schedule and you're saying, hey, 
got a tough team coming up here in Sacramento State, but at the same time, I've seen how you have played this year, and I believe that you can compete, yeah. if not knock off this team yeah. from Sacramento State. Yeah, I, t- I mean, it's, I appreciate that belief, and, and our players believe that too. There's, there's, no, there's no shirking the responsibility of being 0-5 right now. That's not, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're talking about in our meetings. It is a, uh, we are in a situation where we, we're chasing that, that first victory, and we've got to make sure that um, you know, somehow that we keep the team in it mentally regardless of the outcomes. But the reality is outcomes are important. And for me as a coach, that's my credibility. You, don't, you can't just keep coaching, keep asking guys to work this hard without delivering victories. And so we understand how important that is. At the same time, we're, we're working on getting better. You know, we, we understand in, in the context of things, it's, it's really your record is about who you play. You know, there's, <laughs> I'm seeing some of these teams that we're playing. I mean, Sacramento State's a good example. They have two teams on their schedule that uh, were, were pretty damn awful. And, uh, you know, like we're, we've played some really good teams and, uh, and, and I think we're getting better every week. And that's, that's what, uh, you know, that, that's what our focus is on right now, just doing the best we can to compete against Sacramento State. We're going completely expecting to win. So, Coach, right now they're ranked fourth in the FCS in one poll, fifth in another poll. It feels like every single week you guys are playing a team that's ranked in the top ten, it feels like, in the FCS, if not the top 25 in the FBS. Is there – what is that? What is that like? It feels like always having to prepare for playing a really good team, or is it just the same as preparing for any team? Just you're going out there planning to win the game. Yeah, it it really does feel like planning for any team. I mean, I, I addressed it briefly with the players. Like to me, the opportunity is this: if if we were playing a a team that wasn't very good, it might be exciting from the standpoint of oh look, we have a really good opportunity to to win mm-hmm. this week. We're expected to win, or you know, Vegas favors us to win, something like that. But the reality is. Like, with where we're at this season, there's not a better opportunity to completely flip the whole script, to completely change the direction of the story. Like, okay, we've been reading this story. We've been creating this story. When do we get to the chapter where things start to turn for the good guys? And, you know, like <laughs> exactly. beat, knocking off a top five team at home, uh, you know, having a, having a fighting chance really to send a message to the rest of our schedule. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. UNC is only one only been 500 the, the greatest they've ever finished in this conference mm-hmm. is 500 four and four yeah and so like uh, let's let's have a not, let's take advantage of an opportunity this week to create a story where hey what's our expectation now we finish with a winning record in the big sky can we win out and i think a, a win this week certainly people are going to kind of naturally point and say wow hey maybe they are getting better maybe they are good enough when you look at sacramento state what makes them so dangerous does it start with their quarterback yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a dual threat guy. They got good receivers on the outside, and so they're really gonna they're gonna run to set up the passing game, play action shots. Uh, they do plenty of um, kind of what we call easy completions to the flat and try to get their receivers kind of running in space. But it all starts with the running game. They got an excellent backfield, maybe the best best backfield in the Big Sky. The quarterback's a, a very good runner with the football, very durable. Uh, a lot of speed, shiftiness, and then they've got a, a tailback that uh, he can he can do it all. He's big, powerful. He's got enough speed to run away from you as well and make turn it into a big play. And they just play very solid identity-based defense. You pretty much know what you're going to get from their defense from an alignment assignment standpoint, mm-hmm. but they're very good at what they do. So, Coach, I asked Coach Peterson about this last week. Braden Monroe, though, 
had felt like he had a really good game for only having two receptions, but he was making plays all over the field, had the lead block for Helbig's touchdown, and then I think Afari's touchdown. He was blocking 20 yards down the field. Should we expect to see, without giving up the game plan, should we expect to continue to see more from him throughout the season? Yeah, it doesn't give it up. I was I was saying it all week uh, leading up to the game. I, I, I went to a alumni uh, barbecue the, the night before, and, and uh, of course a lot of them know Braden's dad, uh, the Monroe name, and and I told him he's gonna he's gonna play a big role. Like he's been one of our best receivers since the start of the season. It's just it takes a while to get up to speed on how the offense operates, where to line up, what to what to run, and you know just the the small nuances of of being ready. But he's 100% ready. We made a deliberate decision to put him in the starting lineup. Vincent King unable to play last week at linebacker, one of the linebacker's spots, along with Tomatua Telly. But you had two players who stepped up and really showed why it's important to have that depth. And when you take a look at Stanton and Paulson. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys have been just steady uh, from the beginning. Um, two great team culture guys who, you know, they don't complain about playing time. Like, obviously, when, when they can come in and perform like that, right, mm-hmm. you know we're all, all of us here, everybody, everybody that we can see, we're all the heroes of our own story, right? <laughs> and, and so these guys That's sat right. there day after day knowing that if they got a, sh- a shot, they could deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were always respectful to the teammates in front of them, always respectful of the process, never miss a day, never shirk a workout. And uh, when they got their chance, they delivered. And that, that to me, are, those are the greatest leaders we have, are those guys that no just doubt. they don't let the, the ups and downs affect them. And when their number is called, they're ready. So, Coach, obviously Alec Pell was out a couple weeks ago against Weber State. I think a lot of people might have been like, ah, missing, the, missing our number one tight end. Kyle Helbig and Fisher Clemens both stepped up big. What can you tell us about just that tight end room and then especially Helbig So we're going to have him on in the second half of this show? Yeah, really high. You, you mentioned the room. I've got a really high level of trust in the, in the coach, Nick Nissen. He played for me at Southern Utah. He was a guy that you know wanted to be a defensive line. I moved him to offensive line. He, he took that with a grain of salt, <laughs> became the very best he could be. And he's been out there now and, and earning his name in the business, you know, and, and uh, was so happy that we could get him here. I think he keeps a close-knit uh, room in there and a, a motivated group. Kyle's a great example. I mean, you, you know, the, you had the flashy catch early from, from Fisher where he, where he skied <laughs> right. and caught the tail end of that ball and kind of one-handed it and cut his toes down. That was, that was fantastic. And Kyle had a great game too. But the thing I'm most proud about with Kyle's, like Kyle played a ton in the first game. And then the coaches kind of looked at it and said, oh, I, you know, I think you can do better. I think somebody else can play a little bit more. And, and his, his playing time dropped. And he didn't, he didn't skip a beat. He, mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't complain. He, didn't mm-hmm. pow- he was the same guy all the way through. And that's such a great example for everybody on the team. You know, that's true leadership is that he controlled the things he could control. And when the coaches thought, you know, well, maybe we need to play him more, you know, mm-hmm. and then, boom, he delivers and has a, has a monster game like he did. Uh, that this last game that, that, that that's kind of you know we can't have enough guys like that offensive tackle Aiden Moe out for the season along with Nick Norris on the defensive line we talked about that last week but uh, uh, as far as the offensive line goes how much has that hurt the offensive line because they've had to deal with plenty of adversity already this season we saw it last year same thing week in week out well, there, there's two there's two ways to, to hear that question, you know. And, and the first is, yeah, Aiden is is our, our you know our best tackle, or argue, you know an argument can be made that he's our best offensive lineman, our best tackle, a lot of potential in this game. We we love Aiden, and we miss him. And yet, you know, 
it, it, yeah, it, it, did, it, did it hurt our performance? Did it cause somebody else to step up? Yes. But it's making our offensive line better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you look at the, the long-term development of this program, the fact that we've got some young guys that have had to step up and step into roles and that they're playing, they're playing well right now and, and beyond expectations, you know, I have, I have a short-term view where I'm, you know, I kick myself for, for uh, you know, not finding a way to keep Aiden healthy, and then a long-term view where I say our offensive line is better today because Aiden is missing time and will certainly be better next year. So you just kind of mentioned that short-term view, long-term view. How does that, because a lot of people can look at this program and say, ah, oh, they're rebuilding, they're going to be good in the future. But then you have people like Sir, Ty Arrington, this is their last year of college football, maybe last year of football, who they don't care about rebuilding, they want to win now. Yep. So how do you manage that of trying to build a program but also winning right now? Well, I've went on record over and over and over with you guys, uh, you know, with, with the Greeley trip, uh, anybody who will pay attention, I keep telling them it's not a rebuild. If we're not winning, put it on the coaches. We're just, we just haven't solved the puzzle yet, but the pieces are all there. We just have to keep finding the right pieces. And I've stood in front of our team time after time and told them, look, mm-hmm. I'm on record as putting it on myself. That, this 0-5 record is on me. You guys are good enough to win. If you keep hanging in there, we're going to flip this story and end it in a way that you guys can feel good about. And so far, they've met me at every turn, and, and I continue to, to put myself out there. You know, I've got mentors that say, don't say that, don't say that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at this point in my career, <laughs> I don't need mentors, right? Like, I've got my own successes, my own failures, right. and so I've, I've got friends, but, you know, I don't need to be told what to do. Yep. Love it. Coach, good luck this weekend. We really appreciate you. Keep on fighting. I know there's not going to be any coach out there that works harder than you. And uh, thank you very much for joining us once again here tonight. Thank you, guys. That's head coach Ed Lamb, UNC Bears, as they get ready for Sacramento State coming up this Saturday on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. We're going to continue from the GOAT in West Greeley. We do it every Tuesday. We talk UNC Bears football. Come on out and and we'll have a good time. Stay with us. Kyle Helbig, the tight end from Boulder County, joins us next right here on KFKA. And welcome back to the GOAT in West Greeley. It's the UNC Coaches Show. Blake Olson along with Matt Gator. And joining us right now, right after we heard from the head coach, Ed Lamb, is tight end Kyle Helbig, transfer from Colorado State. And Kyle, first of all, thanks a lot for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. How, how, many, uh, how many brothers do you have? Uh, just one older brother, one older sister. One older brother, one older sister. Because I remember watching you at Holy Family, and I always get confused. I think your brother was a quarterback. Uh, when you were maybe a freshman or a sophomore, is that correct? Yeah, we played one year together. He you was, did. He was a senior when I was a freshman. And you were you were difficult to stop. I mean, that was a great combination. What were what were those years like being able to play with him? Uh, that, it was it was awesome. You know, you always look up to your older brother. So just getting a chance to play at a, a higher level of football, it's it's uh, an experience I'll remember forever. If you wouldn't have played at Holy Family. You lived in Broomfield. Where would you have gone to high school? Uh, I think technically we would have went to Broomfield with okay. our uh, okay. area code sure. or whatever they call it now, boundaries. Right. So I think we would have all went to Broomfield. 
No doubt. But Holy Family, great school academically. Uh, when you were playing there, I think 3A more than likely. I, I think it's still a 3A school, yep. sometimes 4A in basketball. And, and you played basketball also, yep. didn't you? Yep. Big dude on the basketball floor. And at one point, you actually played quarterback also, didn't you? Yeah, my my junior and senior year, I had to play quarterback some. It was it was an experience, <laughs> that's for sure. So, so which one do you like more, quarterback or tight end then? Uh, I mean, I've always been a tight end, but it's pretty fun to have the ball in your hands every you, you play. You get to touch the ball all the time at quarterback. You got, you got a lot of control. when. Uh, I mean, Coach Lamb's still here. You could, you could try and pitch that quarterback idea. Yeah. Going to have to put some plays in. He can throw, he can throw the ball. No, no. There, there's no doubt. <laughs> Take a hit. Yep. Uh, when you, when you uh, step onto the field at Nottingham Field and you know that the – the responsibilities not only include catching the football at tight end, but also blocking in the running game or a short passing game, what have you. We've already seen that from you. Your teammates have, have spoken so highly of you. And, but can you tell me how much you enjoy blocking in that aspect of the game? Oh, I mean, it's fun. That's, that's what you play football for. It's a, it's a physical sport. So, you know, just being able to put your body into someone else, it's, it's a lot of fun when – I think a big block's more fun than a big catch because, you know, people see that more. And Now, are you just saying that or do you believe that? I, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that, too, when, 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 we, when we're able to watch you on Saturdays. So I kind of want to let the people know and get to know you a little bit. So how long have you been playing football for, and what kind of led to you falling in love with this game? Uh, I started playing when I was seven years old. Uh, like they said, I older brother. Just going to his games when I was young, you know, you always wanted to be like your older brother. Uh, so just fell in love with, you know, the, the team aspect. Like you said, physicality, just making plays with, you know, your, your people around you. It's team sport. You need everybody. But I, I think the biggest thing was just having an older brother that did it and showed you how to do it. It was Yeah, that's, that's a huge advantage, isn't it? Yep. And he, he played at Southern Utah, is that right, you said? Yeah, he played. Two or three years at Southern Utah after Butler. Okay, after Butler. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So what did he, what kind of advice did he give you about college football and what to expect? Uh, he, he always just tells me, you know, you play the game of football for a short time. Uh, you're not going to play it forever. So whenever you get the chance to play it, just play it as hard as you can because you never know when it's going to be your last play. So you always just got to go out there thinking it might be. So you just got to play hard and give it your all when you actually have a chance to do it you don't get a lot of opportunities i love that mentality because i feel like that's how i tried to play it because you're right you, even if you have years left you just never know when it could be your last yep. play and i feel like playing with that type of mentality allows you to play more free yep. mm -hmm. so the question i asked coach lamb at the very beginning not sure if you were here yet a lot of sports on the tv right now have the mlb playoffs nhl season is debuting today as they're going to be playing tomorrow i'll be having to tune into that nba, <laughs> NBA preseason and obviously football what is your favorite sport to watch outside of football Ooh, i would have to say basketball i'm a, a big nuggets fan you know okay. obviously last year yep winning the finals that was something awesome to see but i don't think there's much better than watching postseason baseball i can't sit down and watch it in regular season but there's just something about postseason baseball that it's just you got to have it on. You played baseball, didn't you, at, at Holy Family or not? Uh, I did not. I stopped playing 
My eighth grade year. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, there's something special about it, isn't it? The yep. history and just the, the color, and, and it's difficult to, to top that atmosphere yeah, in the playoffs, correct? It, it's fun to watch. That's the only time I can sit down and watch four hours of baseball, but that is it's good. And you transferred from CSU. When you tell us about that experience from high school to going to CSU and then what you experienced and why you transferred to UNC across the highway. Uh, you know, coming out of high school, I thought Colorado State was a great fit for me. You know, I really enjoyed Mike Bobo and uh, the tight ends coach Cox. I really enjoyed that. They had some great players to play under. Obviously, you know, Trey McBride, a guy around here, learning from him for three or four years that mm-hmm. really helped my game. And then, you know, coming here, Obviously, it was a different staff last year, but you know, it was just something to be able to play close to home. Because like we were talking earlier, you don't get a, a lot of opportunities. So just having the chance for my family to drive 40 minutes up the road and come watch me, I think that was something true. And just just the old staff, but obviously, you know, it's a new one now. But I just think, you know, having the chance to play. On that topic, play. Coach Lamb is trying to do that with this program, trying to get as many quality Colorado uh, high school players in here. How important do you think that is to this program to get those uh, very good, if not great, Colorado football players like yourself to come here to Greeley? I, I, you know, I think Colorado's a underlooked mm-hmm. uh, college football place, but yep. you know, I think getting guys from Colorado, they just have something different to play for. You know, a, a hometown team, uh, you know, doesn't have greatest history be having the chance to come play for you know a school close to home you have something to fight for and I think there's a lot of a lot of great players out there in Colorado went to a few high school games this year and there's there's some guys that I think can make an impact is that right yeah. Do you remember the games were they holy family games or which games did you did you see uh, I've, I've been been to holy family I had the chance this bye week to go check them out so you know I try to get back there and watch sure. whenever I can so we were talking about Coach Nissen earlier with Coach Lamb, obviously a former offensive lineman. I feel like our tight end room is really good across the board at blocking. How do you feel like he's helped you guys with that? And just what is it like being in that room and having having him as a coach? Uh, you know, I, that room's awesome. Some great guys in there. I think we're a really tight knit, close group, and obviously having Nissen a uh, an offensive line background. Uh, believe he coached offensive line at Bemidji, mm-hmm. so just. Having a guy that's been there, he knows knows the technique. I think that's been real big for the whole room. I think we've all improved a lot since he's been here. Uh, when he got here in the spring, he just he knows the, the ins yeah. and out of the blocking game. So I think that's just really helped all of us. Last last I checked, I think you're over 70 yards receiving, right in that range. Six catches, six, seven, eight catches. But this is your that was your first career touchdown, wasn't it or not? That was. It, in yep. in college football. Yeah. Wow. How did that feel? It was good. <laughs> How did you good. celebrate? <laughs> uh, just it's teammates. The guys that trust me that I could, you know, get it in the end zone. You got to give them some back because they don't block. The line doesn't block. Serm doesn't trust me. You know, it doesn't even happen. So just celebrating with the guys that got me there. But, I mean, that, that shows you the patience. I know we have to go to a break in just a second. But um, that shows your patience. You believe 
you keep on working, you hang around. You've had a couple of injuries. I've seen you, you know, in rehabilitation, in and out of the weight room. But you really have to be patient and stick with it. You've been doing this for a long time. Can you discuss that? Yeah, I think, you know, it's just staying the course. Uh, you just Your opportunity is going to come sometime. You don't know when it's going to come. So just keeping your head down, working. Like I was saying earlier, you don't get a lot of opportunities. So you just got to stay the course that's awesome you're listening to kyle helbig he's one of the tight ends on the unc bears as the bears get ready to take on sacramento state this saturday at nottingham field on 103 1 and 1310 kfk we're going to come back we'll take a quick break and we'll come back matt and i have some very important questions for you these i mean these are earth-shattering questions (laughs) so stay with us and uh, we'll come back at the goat in west greeley stay with us on the unc coaches show Welcome back to West Greeley and the Goat and the UNC Coaches Show. Right here on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Blake Olson along with Matt Gator will be bringing you all the action on Saturday from Nottingham Field as UNC takes on Sacramento State in week seven. It's week three of Big Sky Conference play. Kyle Helbig, one of the great tight ends for the UNC Bears joining us right now. Love getting to know him and uh, his athletic family from Broomfield and Holy Family High School. Kyle, when you look at Sacramento State, what impresses you most about their defense? Uh, I mean, obviously, they're they're a great team. They have a a great history of winning. Um, But when we watch film, they have a great defensive line. They got a lot of guys coming back. I think we've talked they have 10 of 11 starters from last year coming back. So... I mean, just the experience these guys have. They, they know how to win football games. They, they know how to prepare. So I think, uh, yeah, just the, the experience these guys have is, is good. So obviously being 0-5, not a position that anyone wants to be in. How have you felt like the feeling is on the team? And how do you, what do you guys need to do to rebound this week against Sac State? Uh, you know, I think we just got to keep coming to work every day with you know, a positive attitude. It's easy to... You know, put your head down when you're your own five, not winning in football games. So, I think it's just important that we come with a positive attitude, good body language, just come ready to work every day, getting better, and you know, preparing the best we can to, to win a football game. Okay, every week we try to do this. Now, of course, we don't we don't prepare like we should, so I apologize <laughs> in advance for that. But we'll do our best here. Uh, we're gonna play know your teammate. Okay, and we didn't tell Micah we we were going to do this, but we'll play it. Know your teammate. How well do you know these tight ends or these offensive linemen or defensive players? Let's start with, uh, let's see, Garrison had an older brother on this team last year, defensive lineman. He talks a little bit funny. Where is he from? What high school did he go to? <laughs> I, you know, I know he's from New York, but that's very good. You're on your way. He went to, You're uh, on your way. I think I believe you are correct. A junior college up in the New York area, but I don't. You I don't know, know he's from the Northeast. School. Yes. 
and, and now, now of course, I had it, and now I'm going to lose it. But you, you know what? I'm going to give you uh, style points for knowing that he's from the Northeast. <laughs> but uh, Garrison is from, let's see, I'll get it. I'll pull it up. Matt, what's your question for him? You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> of a question, but I'm, and I think I know what the answer is going to be. But you said, grew up playing basketball, love basketball. Yeah. If you could pick someone from the team, I won't even limit it to the room. For, to be a two-on-two two two basketball, who would be your teammate? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I think I'd have to say Noah Ford. Okay, oh, and why? Uh, you, can hoop. you know, just a couple times in the spring, just going, playing a little ball. He, you could tell he's got a little basketball background. He's he's a good player. I think out of all these guys, I'd have to pick Noah Ford if it was a little two-on-two tournament. Okay. I, I, see, I was ready for, a, for you to throw out Fisher just with the height. Uh, I've he, seen Fish play basketball. He can't get ball. <laughs> he's, he's not bad. He's, Wait a minute. Fisher's not a good basketball player? No, he, he's decent. He's pretty he is? Good. He's, he's all right? Yeah. He's a, he, he looks, you know, like he could post up and fill yeah. the lane all right. No doubt. I think that's a good one, though. Noah Ford is getting healthy, yeah. by the way. He, he's uh, back 100% in practice, correct? Yeah. I, think, I think Noah Ford could help this football team a lot. He's a great athlete. Excellent. Okay. Charles Garrison, because, of course, I lost it right when uh, I asked you the question. Palisades, New York, so you get extra points there. And because of that, they're going to bring you dinner. That's what you win, okay? Palisades, New York, uh, Nassau uh, Community College, so you were correct. He's listed as a redshirt junior, so he has another year as well. But, man, all you guys are physical. I know tight ends have to be big and physical, especially uh, in this offense and the way this program is starting to build under Coach Lamb. But, I mean, you guys, all of you are strong and you're athletic. Yeah, I know, I know this spring a lot of us, they wanted us a lot, put on weight. We, all, we were all able to do that. Uh, I think that's, that's helped out a lot in the, the strength program here. You know, Coach Lamb takes that really serious. You know, we're a weight room team, so I think that's helped tremendously. I know me personally, it's the strongest I've ever felt in my life, so I think, wow. I think that's helped out a lot. Yeah, that's great. You guys have been in the weight room every day almost the entire season. And then being in the weight room, Coach Lamb, and they're lifting and running with you guys every day, what does that mean to have him in there with you guys? That's, it's, I think it's amazing. I've had a, a lot of different coaches <laughs> in my career here and at CSU, and I've, I've never seen anything like that, never heard anything like that. So I think that's just it's awesome because, you know, when you're, you're in there putting a lot of weight on your back, suffering, you know, you can look to your left and see Coach Lamb doing the same thing. Or Never let him beat you, though, right? No. Nope. Okay, back to know your teammates. Since you're a Colorado kid, here's another Colorado guy. Where did he go to high school? Cash Cheeks. I, I knew I was going to get you on this one. It's not easy. I'll give you a hint. This may help you. In Grand Junction, there's a Division II college. What's the name of that? Colorado Mesa. Okay, so you're, you're, you're close. This high school that Cash Cheeks went to has... Mesa in the name. Uh, Mesa Ridge. Hey, all right. Good job. We'll get you a drink for that. <laughs> little Diet Coke, little Diet Pepsi here at the GOAT. All right, you're doing pretty well, actually. Now, Cash actually punts also. He's yeah. a pretty good punter, isn't he? He is. He is. He's got a leg on him. I, at first, uh, you know, I saw him in the summer. I'm like, what is he doing out there? 
you know. But he can he can boot that thing, he right? He can. He can. Have you ever bunted? Uh, way back in little league. You you probably could turn that thing over. You probably are a pretty good punter. I don't know. The long snapper. You're I'm long snapper. There. Yep. Yeah, you're the you're uh, right behind uh, Tom on long yep. snapping, right? Yeah, I'll stick to that. I don't know if I can take it too far. <laughs> How long have you been long snapping for? Is that something you've always kind of been able to do and take pride in or something you just recently picked up? Uh, I did it early, like my freshman and sophomore year in high school. I long snapped. Then we had a kid that was real good at it. I haven't done it, I don't think, since my sophomore year of high school. But I think it's kind of something you just, once you get it, it's pretty easy to stick with it it's one of, one of the best positions in football though isn't it no there was i'll tell you this much dale hellestray he was probably the worst athlete i've ever seen in my life but he was a long snapper for the dallas cowboys and i think the cardinals as well i think he played 20 years in the nfl and he was a long snapper he didn't get touched a lot not a bad not a bad choice right be a great career <laughs> Say you still have time, you know. If you yep. if you're not a tight end in the NFL, you can uh, definitely uh, see if you can find a, a spot uh, long snapping. So I want to go back to my trivia question that I asked earlier. You said you would play with Noah Ford in a two v two. Who would you want to play against that w- that would actually be a good game? Uh, I think Jamari Robinson and uh, Jordan Riles. Uh, okay. They're, Big smack talkers when it comes to basketball. <laughs> wow, what a shocker. Wide receiver smack talking yeah, on the basketball I'm court. surprised. <laughs> so am I. Got to get the DBs out there, too. <laughs> you know, Riles, this is a guy that, you know, we're expecting to see big things from him. There's still plenty of time. you got half the season left. He can get up there and catch it. He's athletic, and he's got the speed. What, what makes him great? Uh, yeah, he, he's a great athlete. He has great mm-hmm. ball skills. He... You know, he knows the playbook, but he, yeah, I think he could really help this team out. He's, he's big, tall, strong, fast, like you were saying, and he, he goes up there and gets the ball, that's for sure. Yep. Hopefully we'll see some plays from him. So we're, we're getting close to Saturday again, obviously coming off of the bye week. How do you feel, and how does it kind of feel as a team when you have that bye week, especially after coming off of a tough loss, tough loss having to just wait an extra week to get back out there, but it's Tuesday playing on Saturday. How's the team feeling going into this game? Uh, I think I think we're looking good. You know, it's hard bye weeks to put all that work in, and then you don't get rewarded on a Saturday. But it's good to have a couple extra days off, get your bodies, your minds right. But I think you know we just got to stay the course. You still got two days of practices, a lot of stuff to do on Friday. You know, the game's still a long time away, so we just got to you know stay locked in, stay the course, and just come prepared every day. When you think about conditioning for a football game. Do you get better as the football game goes along, or do you do you feel better uh, in the first quarter? Uh, I think as the game goes on, is that right? You start to feel yeah. The first first possession is always you know a tough <laughs> one, going quick and stuff. But once you get the rhythm, I think kind of catch your breath a little bit. For a home game, what what's your ritual? What do you do on game day? What time do you wake up? What are you eating? And uh, and take us through the the day. Uh, usually for a one o'clock kickoff, I think we have breakfast around nine. So I try to wake up around seven, kind of just relax, maybe watch a little extra film, we'll take a shower, kind of just chill out for a little bit. Don't try to get too hyped up. The <laughs> right. game's, game's still a while away. Uh, you know, and then we get a, a great meal from the dining hall, get in there and try to 
they'll get some calories in you because you're not going to eat for that's right a while so you try to you know try to get some good stuff in there and then i don't really do anything special you know maybe a little bit of music just hanging out you know make sure i'm hydrating you play you're a heck of a football player you're tough as nails man keep on doing what you're doing and uh, go get a victory this saturday yes thank you guys for having me on all right kyle helbig the tight end from the university of northern colorado and thank you very much for listening thanks to, to head coach ed lamb and micah kilpatrick our producer back at the station for Matt Gator, let's go get a victory, okay, buddy? Let's go get a win. Should right. be a good one on Saturday. I, 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 don't, I don't like missing a Saturday college football game. So we're back at it this week and week seven, and here we go. Six more Big Sky Conference games to go. Come on out and watch this team. They're fun to watch, and I feel like they can turn it around here soon. So uh, get out there. Uh, to Nottingham Field this Saturday. And if you're not out there, make sure, or if you're out there, you can listen to 1031 and 1310 KFK for all the action. We kick it off with the Blue and Gold pregame show at noon. Matt, I expect you to be there. We know know Kyle's going to be there. I will definitely be there. All right, let's go, Bears. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you uh, this weekend and also next Tuesday from the GOAT in West Greeley. Thanks for listening to the UNC Coaches Show.